Pops and the Rican. 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 Hey everybody, it's uh, it's the Pops and the Rican show, show yep. and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm Pops. And I'm the Rican. And that makes us uh, the Pops and the Rican yeah. show. Yeah, so put it together. Uh, hey, we are uh, we're here at our home club in uh, downtown Indianapolis, Joker's, Joker's Live. Joker's Live. Yep. Uh, if you're looking for a great place to see live comedy, yeah. check out Joker's Live. And their open mic is awesome too. Though, oh yeah, Mondays. Monday nights they got open mic, and uh, so if you're thinking, hey, I I could be funny. Yeah. Let me uh, go try it. You you could come down and uh, and give it a try. Right. And then when you realize, hey, uh, I need some help. Well, that's that's the we reason gotta, we yeah. That's the reason we've got our this, guest this, on today. You want to listen to this podcast because, definitely because uh, we got a special guest. For yeah, that. we the, the cool thing about the the Joker's uh, live open mic or mm-hmm. are they what is it? Uh, uh, what do they call it? Joker's mic, uh, mic night, or what do they? Joker's I think night? that's what they call it. Joker's, Joker's mic night. That's what okay, it is that's on, what it is. on Facebook. Joker, yeah, Joker's if you go to Facebook, you can, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, one of the things that I will tell you that I lo- absolutely love about the, this room uh, is that there, there are comics, seasoned comics, there are brand new comics. You got some comics that are, you know, just kind of getting, getting up it, yeah. into the place where yeah. they're, they're paying their dues, jumping but, in the pool. But everyone in the room supports each other yeah. in, in ways that uh, I think every comedy room should have. That atmosphere, right, and that's happening here at, at Joker's. What I, and what, what I also like about them is the fact that they even provide help prior to the the uh, open mic. So they say come early and share your jokes right together, and you know the the seasoned comics will will help out, you know, with premises and punchlines or whatever. And so it's pretty cool. That, that's, and that's a huge part, help. Part too. of uh, the the guests that we have on on the yes. show this week uh-huh. is. Uh, Guy that I've gotten to know here in the comedy scene, uh, and uh, realized, hey, uh, I think he's been doing comedy longer than I have. Uh, I can I can even learn something from this guy. So I'm gonna be like a sponge and hang out with him. Yeah. And uh, and so far he hasn't called the cops on me. So, so far, that's, good. That's, Thank that's you. Good we deal. need him. But uh, we are thrilled to have with us here on the Pops and Rican uh-huh. Show. Jerry Goble. Jerry, hey. Jerry, welcome to the Pops and the yes. Reagan Show. Thank you wow. for having me on your show. I appreciate it. And I dig sponges. I'm, <laughs> I'm into exfoliation, <laughs> so it's all good. Well, it's it just good. got awkward all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> <Jerry. Okay. laughs> you want to learn the business side? Hey. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I teach you. I teach you some stuff, and, and I get a sponge bath. Wow, oh, what there it is. That's awkward. That's awkward. Uh, that's just a drink ticket for non-drinkers, really. That's all. So, Jerry, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in comedy. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it would have been 1992, so I was back back in a land of, uh, well, shoot, all those people are dead. I'm the last person to survive from that era. But uh, it was a continuing education workshop. This uh, 
guy who used to do book comedy. He would do parody books. Okay. And he would carry the books with him. Wow. So he had like 50 awesome. books. Oh yeah. my God, he was so ripped. But, uh, you know, but he taught this workshop. It was like six weeks. And then there was a show at Crackers. Okay. And then that was Crack when Crackers was back at Keystone at the Crossing. Okay. Uh, and that's another era again. Yeah. And uh, it stuck. I, got, I saw it and I met Ty Wilson, who was a uh, kind of legend in the business just from the amount of bookings the guy did. The guy had a reputation. Uh, mm. And, uh, and he was a great MC, but I, from, from the workshops, I took that to meet with Ty, and then I got hooked up with Crackers on a regular basis. We ran the open mics, uh, mm. and that was my open mic workshops. We did them, we did them back then. They were a little different then because I don't think, uh, I don't know, law of averages, you eventually figure stuff out. And I sort of have a system now, because I actually have a teaching degree. Okay. So when I graduated, I didn't go into teaching, and I just kind of sublimated it. So now when I go do comedy, I'm talking to people about how to do it because nice. there's, there's mechanical work to it. You know, okay. that's the one thing you understand is like, um, you go to some workshops and for the most part it's tell us your bit and yeah. we'll throw jokes at you okay. that you can use to be better. And it's not teaching you to write. Right. You know, you're just okay. filling a dude's boat with fish. You know. Right. And exactly. it's like, okay, you're not helping. So then the thing is, is like it becomes a teaching issue, like structure, uh, philosophy a little bit. I'm, okay. I'm real heavy in the philosophy because it's, if you're not. If you don't think about comedy in a different way other than just the telling jokes and getting famous and getting rich, yeah. you'll be miserable the whole time because mm. there's so many things that can go wrong that aren't your fault that you will beat yourself up for. Mm. So I it's do a lot like of damage saving. control. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. learn yeah. from failure. Yeah. 92 is when I started. I have failed so much. I have, I got war stories all over the place. I'm like, you want to do badly, son? Here, hold my beer. I can show you when to make a judgment stand that works out well, and the judgment stand that says, you ain't coming back, brother. You ain't coming back. Management's had their issues. And, uh, you know, but that's the thing is you just, uh, a lot of it is experience. But then once I started to realize it was actually a structure to it, and that you could teach it like a college class. Okay. And that's kind of what my workshops are, is they're more writing oriented. It's like to teach you to teach you the structure and style without changing your voice. That's what's up. Okay. That's the biggest problem. Most people have is like, that joke doesn't really sound like me and I wouldn't really say that. And it's like, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to touch your idea. Okay. You know, cause your idea in and of itself is funny cause it made you laugh, right? right? So you're hooked up on this idea. Yeah. Then the question is just, how do you translate it? Okay. How do you translate it for replication to okay. do it at a different time? And okay. now you're talking just structures and it's like batting averages and you know, it's more okay. joke mechanics. Okay. Get under the hood, work the sucker out. Sometimes you got to see if you can nitro the sucker up. Sometimes it's a question of slowing her down. Right. You know, it's like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Mm. And once you start really thinking about about the verbiage and word placement and, you know, then the basic philosophies, the rule of three, right? Yeah. There's yeah. that, you know, two is too few, four is too many. Uh, you know, hard K noises are funnier generally just because you're stroking it. And then when you start talking like that, you're talking about rhythm like establishing a rhythm okay. with your delivery that basically, I mean. So it doesn't necessarily take away from your voice. No, no, right? it enhances it. So it enhances it, okay. Yeah, and so and it also gets you in a position where when you're doing it in a rhythm, in a okay. style, like it's almost like rap lyrics without the music. I was talking to a guy on Monday, open mic, which I'll tell you what, those, these mics are starting to get hot because everybody's getting excited. Yeah. And there's a lot of action. And this last week, they had this dude, he was a rapper, he'd done rapping on the side. And he came back and he's like, it's so much harder hmm. because it's rapping without the music because you can hide behind the music. Ah, and I'm like, exactly, right, man. Right, this, is a, this is Viking shit here. Okay, we are Vikings. Okay, yeah. okay and, that's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we jump into like the, you know, that, or allow you to, to jump into that, um, 
this is going to be happening here at Joker. Yeah, so yeah. Training and doing yeah. workshop here, right? Well, I'm starting the first one. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm letting everybody get accustomed to the idea. So what it'll be is we're going to do three workshops, two hour long. It's okay. going to be on Saturdays, uh, March 9th uh, at seven, 16th at seven, 23rd. Okay, so it's on the Saturdays, right? All right. And then uh, we're going to do a graduation show on April 4th, and that's where we'll do it in the showroom. It'll okay. be a live show, book like a showroom. There's going to be tickets. And the, cool, and the thing is on the ticket thing, Jokers has this, uh, Ike had told me, the manager, yep. it said his basic philosophy is help me help you make money. He said that in that conversation. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's exactly it. So when I started thinking about this whole contest thing, I mean, doing, doing the show, yeah. you know, for the graduation show, is... Get them a little kickback on ticket sales. Right. Learn how to book your own shows. This is the Joker's method of doing it. And if you can do it with the Joker's method of booking, which is different from other clubs, every club's got different philosophies on how to handle its handle the help and the breakdown and stuff. Right. And Joker's this this plays into it because a lot of times when you're doing your own room, and as far as self promotion goes, unless you're pushing your own tickets on self promotion, uh-huh. people just don't magically appear at shows. Mm. You have to put the elbow grease in it. But if you know how to do it effectively, that's it. Right? Yeah, yeah, because a lot of well, this is what I'm learning. Um, I don't have a degree in marketing, but I am I'm I'm in that field uh, because I do a lot of graphic design and web design. Right. So all of the different platforms that are out there is ridiculously so easy to do, but you know some comics it's hard to, right. to be creative. Uh, to be able to create, you know, really good posters or flyers or ads. Right. So it's difficult for them to understand, okay, if you get your name out, if you get out there and you put yourself out there using these specific platforms, right. um, it'll in, it'll enhance at least your uh, brand, uh, right. you know, right. out of yourself. And there is something to be said right. about the, the philosophy of you get good, you get noticed, you get paid. Right. Um, so... If through your training, you're helping young comics get good at writing and and writing it within their voice so that it's true to who they are. Exactly. So when they get up on stage and they tell a joke, the audience goes, I believe that. I'm going to go ahead and like this guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Versus, "Eh, it's a bunch of crap. I don't believe that. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm not even going to laugh at this idiot. Yeah. But so you're helping uh, on the on the get good. Right. aspect yeah yeah and then when you take a, and uh, you get a hold of uh, some of what Steve is talking about in terms of how do we help uh, young comics put together a solid press kit right. how do we help exactly them, exactly how do we help them understand how to get noticed right, right. so they get good they get noticed yeah. now we can help them get paid and that's one of the things that I love about what Ike does here at Jokers right. is he wants to expose comics to the business of comedy, yeah, right. and I think this is it's a perfect place for people to come and learn how to fit in and become better equipped to make a go at this as a career choice. Right. As I don't want to say job because uh, oh. I did everything I could to work myself. <laughs> that's, that's that's a philosophy issue for me. Yeah, because the problem. Okay, so that predisposes that whenever you're not on stage, you're not a stand-up comic. But the fact is, is you're learning a craft, and it's a lifetime commitment. Right. It's like being a painter. You're not mm. you're not a painter today, and then you don't paint for a month, and you're not a painter later when you paint. It's this idea that I consider it as an art form because it makes it easier. Exactly. The problem is again, philosophically speaking. 
if you go to your parents and you say, I'm going to be a stand-up comic, and they say, how much does it pay? Right. Suddenly, they make it a non-worthwhile experience because they've attached a dollar to value I'm to it. I'm telling you, man, look, when I told my mom I, was, I wanted to be an artist, right? that's it, immediately, that's the immediately. first like, how much are you going to get paid? Yeah, you are do, you going to be right. able to pay bills? Are you going to be able to provide for your family? Right. Not, because, it's, because her mindset, and my parents at least, and they, were, they, they just struggle right. and then you know they worked hard right. they were hard working so their thing was i need to go and make sure you get a job that's you know s sustainable or whatever or, and it's it's st stability is what it was all right. about so now when i went to them with that idea i wanted to be an artist so bad um because i knew that there was something that was out that i'd be able to do it was totally just cut off right so to say that i'm an artist as a comedian right, right. rather than um you know, I'm just, uh, this is my job, and I'm just going out to get paid right. to, to, to do this. That's a different mindset because right. now you're taking it as, oh, I'm building for the future. I'm just going to always be this. Mm. What is? I and is. I'm just being. I'm right? not going to be. Just a, yeah, me. I'm not I'm a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Yeah, it's the whole on, deal, dude. So there, the whole so many, there have been so many times people will say, you know, can you get serious for a moment? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I could. Right, right, right. But you won't like me, right. <laughs> you know. So or it just depends on what kind of stupid shit you're planning on saying. You know what right, I mean? right, if you're, if you're right. an idiot, you're gonna get swung at. It's like ski. <laughs> you know, you you gotta swing at it if it's on the tee ball. Mm. If I don't swing at that stupid <laughs> comment, sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm really not helping anybody right, here. Right, you right. know. So exactly. I, it's it's like That's okay, good. this is me, and I I'm gonna be me, yeah. and, and and so as a comedian, this is who I am. And what I do. Okay, right. so that's, does that fall into what they call like a calling? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. a calling to do this. I'm not trying to get all spiritual, but I'm saying well, like, yeah. I just been, because I, 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 feel, I feel that way. Right. Um, but when I do mention that or when I talk about that, it's just, it seems like, ah, oh, dude, you're, you're not, it's like you're, don't demand five minutes of, you know, of this because of the, you, you right. think that you're called to do comedy. Right. But I think it's just more like just saying, Getting a mindset of, of, you know, this is what I want to do because I, this is who I am. Right. Rather than, right. you know, this is what I want to do because there's it's lucrative. And now I can right, get right. some money out of but this. But what are you getting at? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than doing And there's also the, the, the addiction level of it where you get hooked on the laugh. And that right. adrenaline, that energy switch over. See, which I would say what caught me was the switch over energy. Because money, I do gigs for free just to get that fixed. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's the problem. See, there's a difference. Guys who refuse to do it because they don't get paid aren't addicted. They're in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Guys who do it for free, like myself, I've been doing this in 92. I did it. I just got yeah. humiliated at a kid's benefit this Saturday, which is hilarious. <laughs> My life is like Larry David a lot. It's like the whole, you watch it and you go, oh, I'm standing in the middle of a group of people. They're holding an anaconda taking pictures next to me with a mic that fuzzes out like I'm Darth Vader. I'm doing this for free. I drove an hour and a half because I want to help animals. I don't even like animals for the most part. I just never turned down a benefit because wow. he's like, well, yeah. can you do this? I'm like, yeah. is a charity you're trying to do? good i want to help you be good i want right. to enable that you right. know and then i'm in there just getting tortured and it to me is that's hilarious on a level it's not great at the time but the ride <laughs> right, home but now, yeah, right home like, you know it's like okay. oh okay. I, was, I was thinking about writing some new new material and uh wow that whole experience just gave me a whole bunch of material oh it does well see that's, that's the other thing too it's like my my writing style because of the way i practiced it so much yeah I don't really write so much anymore. I do it mostly in my head. So, so if a, something comes up, I don't as far do as the like I don't do the or... same set twice. Ah. I got stock pits that I'll do when I know I need to hammer people, because you still got to keep the gigs, right? Okay. But I got it in a situation now where I mean I freestyle a lot of stuff, and I just I don't do the same stuff twice because a lot of times I got no short term memory. 
because one of my other hobbies affects that. You know I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so so the question becomes then: Do I marry myself to a script that I can never seem to deviate from? Which I've seen guys, and that was traumatic experience for me. I saw a guy, uh, legendary headliner, not naming names. He was so wasted, uh-huh. he couldn't walk to the stage. We carried him to the stage, which was a dumb decision anyway to put a guy on stage. But right. magic happened. He hit the stage. Flawless performance, dude. You would never just, know he was drunk. Dude, he was in rote memorization, dude. He was he was not even in the house, and yeah. the car was running, and everything. And you know, you're like the. And is, is it like a drummer? He where comes the out. Drummer has that yeah. muscle memory. You yeah, know, absolutely. That certain he line. comes off the stage and he collapses, and we can't take him back. Right. But he nailed it. And then the thing is, is I did the same thing at a gig once when I blacked out, and I knew, and it was on tape. And there's this horrible 9/11 tape of me somewhere that <laughs> one day when I'm real famous, we'll bid it off to somebody. You know, like right before I'm about to die, they can go, "This is your last humiliation, Jerry." Remember the Anaconda? Well, hang on, we got the video, and uh, and it was. Same deal. I had a bit about doing shots for you know table comedy. You buy me a shot, I do table for you guys. Heck with these guys, they didn't do nothing for me. I don't care what they do, they can just screw off. You know? right. So I'm gonna do it. Everybody loved it. Well, when you're an MC, that's a great gig. Uh, but it's a bad gig when you're headlining. The right. So the headliner, I drop in as the MC. It was a two-man show. Randy Montgomery was supposed to work it. Oh man. And he he double booked, so he didn't show up. So I was the headliner. Oh, and I didn't have the material. I mean, I didn't have that ingrained material. I could do the time, okay. you know. Uh, I fought through some of it, but then once the shots started coming, first show, I crushed it, dude. My energy was great, yeah. and I was drinking and having a good time, and yeah. we were all buddies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Second show, somewhere in the middle, I blacked <laughs> out. I remember the blackout. Just... <laughs> I come to in the parking lot in the back, and I'm like, it's raining. That's what's even weirder is I got out in the rain a distance before I came to, and it was like, really? I've been standing in the shower for half an hour, and I'm still just getting here. Ooh, this was bad. And uh, my buddy Troy's like, go away, you do this to yourself all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've got to, it's a drink tickets, dude, they're killing me. Mm-hmm. And the free, and the bit, the bit can't be done anymore. You know, you just can't do it. Um, but the videotape, I am doing my rote memorization. Mm. And you can tell when I ran out of material, there was no ad libability. There was no conscious awareness. <laughs> it was just drop was off. Just, oh, wow. I started wow. saying something about ET phone home. Uh, I dropped my beard, fell in the curtains. Oh, it was pretty train wrecking. It was training. Oh, I was dead. I was yeah, dead. Yeah, I watched the video, and like I said, I, it was like to me, it was the 9/11 video. We turned it on in the other part of the room, and I stood on the other side of the room by the doorway, and I'm like, if this gets too hot, I'm running, man. I don't care. I'm gonna have to find a it's safe a place. Dark, dark wow, day. it's a dark okay, so day. Right okay, so is that? Would you consider that like your worst bomb? No. Oh, you got to No, well, there's so many. Okay, we'll I mean, get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Good Lord, we'll this is, a, you got how many weeks we got here? Are we doing, this is going to be like a Ted Bundy special. About, yeah, I love talking about that. I love it. The Regan loves I to hear love the, oh the hell gosh. gigs and the stories oh, of oh pain. God. He's yeah. like, hey, yeah. come on, tell me more of that. Oh, yes. Time you got kicked in the head by that goat. Come on. <laughs> it's like, you know, see my scar and the scar. I get this scar right. over here. It's like telling those war stories, right. man. It's, it's, right. it's cool. How do you know when things are going wrong? Well, here's another story. You know? <laughs> and then that's the essence of teaching is this is what will get you killed this is how you talk your way out of it and I think towards the end I've gotten so jaded like I'll start shit just to see if I can talk my way out of it and it's just like you know I really don't have a stake in this but gosh I just like to see you know sometimes you want to flex yeah you know it's I think I got this and then no Right. <laughs> I've often I've often said uh, I don't know what your superpower is, but mine is sarcasm. <laughs> right. And, uh, and don't make me flex it. Right. You know? Right. Because uh, right. exactly. I will Feelings flex. I will hurt. flex right. at will. And unfortunately, uh, there have been too many times when I've taken a dive because of it. Because the guy not only didn't appreciate my sarcasm, but he had much 
bigger flex than I did. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. So, let me ask you, uh, Jerry, as, as you look back at, you, you know, your time doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think has been the best advice that somebody has given to you? Mm. Oh, wow, okay. Um, well, I would say the stuff that still rings true is one time, uh, was a friend of mine had said, uh, I don't have to, and we came to comedy politics, because the thing is, comedy politics are a real thing, and uh, nobody likes to address that, but, you know, when you speak truth to power, that's what I do. Yeah. So, right. hello. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. Sorry, I was making a political stand. And then, <laughs> no, I got, I got derailed. Best, uh, best advice. Okay, so the guy had said, I don't have to be better than you, I just have to be here longer than you. Because eventually you'll quit. Why? Mm. Because you're going to want a day job that pays your phone. You're going to want stability and security. There is none in this business because it's not really a business. It's a series of bookings is really what it is. You become, right. a, you become a contractor and you book your own gigs. Wow. You know, you can yeah. be like a house comedian and that's kind of a weird position to be in because uh, you're guaranteed work every week. You don't have to work for it and you're going to get everybody coming up your butt because they all want a piece of the action that you got. So you've gotten to be next, everybody's best friend. Mm. So then politics gets weird and you really don't know how the system works mm. and you can't book for yourself. And that's why then these guys struggle when their clubs die because then they got to go and book. Well, you don't have your own sound gear. Get your own sound gear. Right. Book your own rooms. Right. Moose Lodge, Elk Lodge. There's places to get work. You don't need to exist in a comedy club situation. When you find a good comedy club, Jokers is, yeah. you gravitate yeah. to where the life is Network at. That, yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. And the thing is, when uh, the best part about the writing element, that's why I'm so glad that they're they're wanting to embrace this, is uh, the writing makes these guys excited to bring new people in because they got something to show them. Right. When you see a lot of these places around here, it's the same people busting the same sets over and over and over again right, right. to other comedians. And it's not a show, it's like a practice round. But the problem is you're practice rounding to the same guys. Now you're not practicing to learn how to make people laugh, you're just practicing to make sure that your set's accurate. Man, man. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this to make sure that I have followed my system, right. whether that's working or not. Right, you know. right. And, and I, caught, I caught some heat a while back because I talked about the 15 minute wonder syndrome. The problem is, is when a guy gets 15 minutes, yeah. they start to think their world is changing. Right? Because he's got 15. Now he's emceeing. So he's so close to the feature. He's only 15 minutes away from feature. Now right. the next time he's the headliner, 45 minutes. Oh my God, I'm almost there. So the problem is that they quit working on their material because they don't want to jeopardize what they've got. So they quit doing that. They've got a perfect 15 minutes they can audition with anywhere else, but they never learned to write to get to the feature spot, to get to the headliner spot. Come on, man. Okay. And that's all just about, see, my problem is I, I've been misunderstood in my actions. Most of my actions towards the scene in the last few years but see, I kind of stepped away from it because of the, of the church, because I was doing shows on the church. Which, yeah. The Comedy yeah, Grinder. Explain, yeah. you know, which, okay, the Comedy Grinder was a show we put on at the First Church Cannabis. First Church was, of Cannabis. Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> four years. Uh, and uh, we did the show for a year and a half. It was a live stream comedy show. Uh -huh. So my, my point was, come in and do a 15-minute set or a half an hour set depending on what you want. I'm willing to give you whatever time you want to live stream in front of them. We had audiences for sometimes, sometimes it was two or three people and you're playing to an empty room, but there's a live stream and those live stream people were watching. So the idea was, come and do it. You can't do the same set twice because they'll have seen you. You know what I mean? So you right. gotta keep it. Right. So you to write. It, it grinder, yeah. you have yeah. to be a grinder. I, mean, yeah. I know it sounds like an app, 
but it's no. a grind. <laughs> you know, you have to become a comedy grinder. You have to continually write and continually practice and continually push it because you're, you're hanging on to these old jokes like they're your life preserver and you won't let them go. And the problem is the life preserver is there to save you like a holdout pistol. You don't have to cling to it desperately every show. It's like a Derringer. I've got it. I put it in my pocket. Yeah. When I need to kill a motherfucker, yeah. boom, Bam. I got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I pull it out and it always kills. And they go, wow, we never heard that joke. It's because I don't put my jokes out here. I don't put my set out here at the show. That's, again, another reason I do different sets every night because I'm not going to, when I need to win with the comedians, yeah. I'm going to win. Ah. I'll hammer the win. Okay. But that's why you do these things. It's not, you know? It's, and then it's like, I save them for paid gigs. I don't want to overdo it. And the other thing, too, is the problem in comedy with the comedian politics is eventually familiarity breeds contempt. So what happens is you get good and you start getting good and get your notifications and you start getting work. The haters who aren't getting that, their frustration will turn to you mm. and they start nitpicking you. I hear, I hear them doing the same set again. You're doing the same set again. And then they start berating you. And that's actually been a reason. See, and the thing is, is having the same set isn't a bad thing. It's, uh, for me, it's a fear thing because to my creativity isn't tied to being stationary. I need fluidity. I can't handle that okay. stationary one set stuff. I would, I would, I would shoot myself. Mm. It's too, how many times do you want to hear that same joke? Right. You have to hear it every single time you say right, it. Oh my right. God. I got jokes that if I'm like, man, if I just a zombie apocalypse and I need the courage to do it, I'm going to be like, oh, you remember that? two cell phones, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay, so is, is it, okay, well, you, I was, you had set a point about, um, oh, jeez, it just left me. I know, that's the same problem I have. I thought that was, was, <laughs> was my job. I'm just more of a channel. I'm just conduit and stuff. I'm here, I'm here to be the forgetful You're supposed one. to do it. Man, what's, on, going, what's on, going on, man? What's going on? Well, okay, okay, I'm sorry. The fear of writing new material because it's not going to be as strong as the material that right. I can hold on to. Right. So this whole thing of watching the, the, the elite that are, that are just pumping one hour sets or one hour uh, specials on Netflix, you're like, man, every year you're pumped, every six, yeah. it went from two years to a right. year, now six months, right. they're like, I got, a new, I got a new one out. And it's right. like, how are you just... And then you listen to some of them and they're not really that good. Mm. The quality, Do you think you're just throwing quality, it out there just to put Quality automatically declines. And this is, this okay, from comedy records, it's easier to do it when comedy albums are out because it took you longer to get your shit for the album. Like, you do your first album, it's great, it kicks ass. Why? Because you spent 10 years working on Just that act, and it is like a razor-sharp beam. Yeah. You couldn't get it all on there because you have enough, and that's your second album. And that album usually isn't as good, but it's still got some hits. By the sure. third album, you're looking at ah, retreads and gimmicks, and by the fourth one, you're doing Steve Martin, half banjo, half ad-libs yeah. in a comedy thing. Yeah, props you know? and all. Yeah. Right, and that was the thing. Is like You go look at every comic that had a CD or an album, it's the same cycle. Usually the first one is the best, except for Eddie Murphy. He killed his prior. Yeah, I got that one. That's one yeah. of like those, you know, when the world ends, I'm going to have the Eddie Murphy album. I'll be like, Eddie, I got you. I got you. This is the album you buried. Uh, but, but for the most part, the first album's the big one. You become an notoriety. Okay. Comedy specials too. Sam Kinison. First special, that half hour special changed my life. Mm -hmm. Changed my life. That yeah. changed my whole style of comedy. Yeah. And then later on, you see episodes farther down the road. He's doing old Steve Allen bits and stuff like that. Because he's got to fill time and he's got to do his special. 
So the quality by default becomes weaker unless your wife is writing for you. Right. <laughs> okay, now that's what And why isn't she doing too. her own time? You know, that's why I think, well, who would, come on, man, let her have her own time. is these comics that are pushing out, they actually have writers. Right, so what's the big deal about how are they such great comedic geniuses? They rehearse other people's shit. Welcome to writing, like, man. Don't yeah. do your, ah, no, See, I'm that's the thing. It's, it's almost like, okay, then can we compare that to um, athletes who use steroids? It's just like you're using something to enhance. I would look at it as more like crutches. Mm. It's more of a crutch. Mm. It's not really making you what you are ideal sense. You know what I mean? It's you're using excuses to get around the real hard work. There were there were some of the the old greats that you knew they had writers. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. But the beauty of what Bob did, because I know I one of my personal friends was a writer for Bob for years yeah. and she talks about how you had they had to spend so much time really getting to know Bob right. and to, to kind of get to know the heart of Bob right. so when they wrote they were writing for his voice right. today there's so many writers that are they're writing stuff in their from their perspectives in their mind and they're throwing it out there mm. and they're getting thrown out to comics that then have to try and make that in their voice, and yeah. it's and it, it's not as believable, <laughs> right? Right. Unless and it's I not mean, as enjoyable. They're just buying as, the joke. They're yeah. not buying who gets okay. it. Okay. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, I, I well, think that Amy Schumer think. thing. Then when they, she got accused of a joke, and stuff. yeah, but stealing. She bought no, no. She bought a joke from somebody else who stole it from someone else. So now, by third party theft, are you guilty? Are you of guilty? That? <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Why? Exactly. Why? Why entertain that? Just write your own stuff. Yeah. If it takes you a year to get it out. Takes you a year, yeah. It takes you two years. I think. I think the one they started saying because I think Louis C.K. was the one that said, "Do a new album every year, do a new set every year." And the thing is, is the problem is, is that's great if you already know how to write. If you don't know how to write, now you're just blindly fighting through the crowds. You know what I mean? So, so without an educational program to that. So, everybody, I I love Louis C.K. I think he's getting a bad rap because of the the politics beside of it. I I would just like to say he was probably beaten off in front because he didn't want to give him the chlamydia he had. (laughs) Right? Isn't that the thing? Isn't that the whole point? So it's really maybe it was doing a public service by keeping it away from him. I mean, just let the guy stand over there. No, and his school shooting bit, the whole controversy there. (laughs) Doug Stanhope did it better. Mm. Okay, when Mm. he did his school shooting bit with Kim Kinkle being oh my god, that was a hilarious bit. Mm. Uh, Die laugh, uh, uh, die laughing. Great album, one of the perfect gems, and stuff. he hit every topical issue, yeah. and he hammered it. And that school shooting bit, boom. Okay, so now that goes. It's with, on the table. Okay, so now that goes into the writing, what we talked about before in our in our previous uh, podcast, where uh, there's so much um, sensitive, you know, PC right. stuff happening now. Where as a young comic writing, obviously you don't, you shouldn't uh, go up there and just start attacking these big topics, or should you? Well, because if you, you don't, don't know really anything know about how to it, write to that. I was say, if, okay. if, if you're not coming at it from your from a solid perspective and you don't have a unique take on, and, on why you're talking about it, right? Then keep your mouth shut. Then keep right. it shut. But if, if you if you're coming to the table and you're you have something to say, yeah. that's going to bring a fresh a fresh perspective on it, yeah. And you're coming with your point of view, but it's still you're, you're guessing then, it's a fresh perspective well, well you, you know you're taking well, that gamble because if you've ever been at an open mic and you see like young guys talking about getting laid and you it's, know it's, they've it's, never gotten laid and they're not <laughs> even using the right terminology same with pot smokers it's like oh it was boo from the pot you know you're like you're <laughs> such a poser 
You just want to be cool, so by association, you're saying something to be cool for the bit. So the bit's not really about the joke. The, really, the bit's about your ego. Okay. Right. If you had funny, yeah. you wouldn't have to use the misinformation to do it. It's so just really, with, uh, with know what you're, saying, talking, what you're about. talking about. You should Make always sure read real. the last word of truth. That's, that's what comedy gets away from. That's a problem with guys like Larry the Cable Guy and these character actor people, mm. is they're not truthful. People really believe they exist, believe it or not. Wow, okay. Okay? Yeah, it's a good point. And I don't, I, I, you know... I don't know if I should go there. I don't know how this reaches, but I mean, if I were to make a suggestion, one of the guys that started out in my writing workshops is now a huge another person, but he can't leave his room without his wig or people will go, well. So I'm like, so what are you talking about? that persona. Yeah, because it, and it's a false start, man. And in this day and age, man, with enough Twitter fake bots, do you really honestly need some guy doing dick jokes to you who's got an MIT degree? Right. Really? Why are you talking down to people? Right at the height of your intelligence. That's a good point. Quit telling wow. people. If you got to slow down for an idea, that's their fault. That's quit catering to the slow key here. It's like, I don't want the dead weight to come with me and I have to baby talk you through shit because you're too immature. And to be perfectly honest, my act is geared for those people mm. because I won't give them an excuse to escape. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you in terms of cartoon characters that I'm going to violate and I'm going to do horrible things to them that they don't exist. See, I'm just going to stroke your ego uh. and stroke your triggeredness because yeah. you need to hear a joke. You can't say rape isn't funny and then just blanket statement like that. No, 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 hang on, quantify that. It's funny if it happens to me. It's funnier if it happens to me by a gorilla. It's funnier if it happens to me by a gorilla that just doesn't like my politics. You know what I mean? Right? right? So, it's the, so it's a question of how you, you apply. Yeah. Words, words do not have mm. any kind of thing until you put intent with it. And the people have lost track about intent. That's why racial epithets, when they fly out, the intent of the word is why people don't get beat up. If uh, your intent is to cause anger and hate, you use an anger word and you get your ass whipped because you deserve it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That was your, okay, but if exactly. you're doing it because you want to do a Dave Chappelle Man. impression, yeah, yeah. I can't do Dave Chappelle. I love Dave Chappelle. I find, you know, we did this doobie character, the, this, this pot plant, this kind of a, well, this thing. <laughs> it's like, uh, he talks a little about Dave Chappelle. You know, I do a little, you know, it's... <laughs> A little bit, yeah. but I gotta watch my language because of the intent. Because people are triggered by the word and the intent. Because they don't get intent, they don't right. read. They just look at headlines and they're triggered. Right. And there's the problem. And so that's where with comedians, the big problem I've seen with guys who tried to do really harsh racial stuff yeah. is the setups are too brutal. If your setup is too brutal and they get it triggered before you have a chance to do the punchline, you lose instantly. Lose Ah, so you the don't next have a chance line, to be funny. We no, had a we had a gig at a place it. called Books and Brews that this guy came out and, he, and he's very funny. And the thing is, is, he skirts the edge. Keith Ray, he skirts the edge of, and it's great, and it's a wonderful thing to watch. It's like a force of nature, you know. Mm -hmm. So he comes in, and he does the first half of the joke, and it doesn't sell. A couple of ladies got really pissed off, went and complained to management. They didn't hear the end of the joke. The end of the joke was great. Totally neutralizes the setup mm -hmm. because that's the whole point. The setup is a distraction point. It's a, it's an ideal that you set. So you can flip the script on people. Ah, so that's what it is. That's surprise. what the whole thing was. So if you don't understand the idea of what comedy is, you're just a triggered idiot. You're going to hear a sentence and go, "Well, I'm taking it out of context. Let's right. record it and let's get him off the air and let's right. ruin his career." And Post that on Facebook. Just leave, yeah. leave Louis C.K. alone. If you're complaining about Louis C.K., you're probably ignorant as hell. If you've got an issue, you should write a set and man up like the rest of us and do some stage time, mm. or just shut the fuck up because right. it's it's not. It's not a valid criticism. Mm. Sorry, I don't know. You guys are PG. No, right? it's good. It's okay. It's all good. Sorry. I should have asked that first. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I doing the kids' show again? Do they have a con? I didn't need the. 
We we were until we we were until we invited. And now I got you. Uh, I got you shadow banned. No, no, I'm sorry. Trust me. Dang it. If we don't have the truth and censorship in the same episode, it just wasn't worth it. Well, man, that's good. Cause okay, so when you approach your writing and your set and your bits and stuff, are you are you thinking psych psychology in your writing? Like I'm gonna go up there and. Not necessarily shock value because you know everybody's always like I want to be a shock value comic, but more of okay, there's some thought put to, through this to get yeah. them to think to bring them in and to hit them. Right, right. Now that's but see that's an evolution because the thing is is when you're writing and you're young, yeah, you go through the process of saying what can I do and what can't I do, you know what I mean. So you don't know what your limits are, and that's where the shock value is. The shock, the problem with the shock value is. The person making the shocking joke thinks that the joke is making them clever, but it's in fact the shock that gets the reaction, not the joke. Mm. So it's just a difference of opinion. And the problem is you have to know where the point is that nobody's going to respond to you anymore. And if we would condition comedy crowds to just not react, mm. the best thing you can give a dude is silence. You want to make, okay, give a, give a guy nothing. Yeah. Don't boo, don't do nothing. Just be dead silent. You watch 200 people shut up on you and just not speak and not even say a word and just judge you. Your set's done, brother. Yeah. You are going to have an anxiety issue on stage because you're going to realize you stepped in it. Yeah. And you watch dudes do that all the time, but yeah. that's the thing. But, but other people, they want to argue and fight. And the problem is with arguing and fighting is it gives them a chance to rebut. And if they're clever on that rebut, they're forgiven. So you want to punish your guy, shut the hell up. Mm. That's the easiest way to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, part, uh, part of what, you were, <laughs> what you're talking about is one of the reasons that you, you know that uh, I'm a pretty vocal person when it comes to Hey, if you can write clean yes. and clever, yes. you can work anywhere. Right. And then you can take that clean, clever bit and you can use whatever language, whatever right. to, you know, the topics, whatever, and, and you can go and be funny. Right, exactly. But there's too many comics today that, much like the shock piece right. of this, they, th they think, oh, if I drop one word, right. it's going to make it funny. Well, and then they mistake mm. it. They yeah. get a reaction they, and, they, they, exactly. and they do the It goes back to what you're right. talking about. Right. They get a reaction and they think, oh, well, I was clever and that was funny. Right. And that's when just uninformed science. They weren't getting, they right. weren't actually getting the laugh. Right. They were being lazy and sloppy. And, right. and it was they, an easy, they, it was stumbled, a they stumbled over it somebody else. You know, yeah. yeah, it's a okay. cheat. And so, a crutch, so crutch. to speak. Now we're talking crutches again. Yeah. Yeah. What are the weaknesses okay. in your act? Do you need, you know, like asking people for help on bits? You know, that's one of the things like, and these little things like, if you don't want the crowd to talk to you, don't ask them questions that invite them to come to the stage. Right. And you watch guys do that all the time and then they get pissed off at people and then they start fighting yeah. because they don't get it and they yeah. don't remember. And that's again, you know, people just not thinking about what's going on. When they go off stage, and see my thing is I'm more of a compassionate care guy. Like after a show and I see somebody really biff it, I go talk them off the roof. Because I don't need him to die on this. I need him to come back again next week and try again. See? I want to keep him fussed and keep him fighting. Okay. Because every guy that makes a laugh is a guy that's helping somebody release negative energy. And that's the real reason for this. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a guy, and I can train a bunch of guys to do this, and I'm going to die soon. So, you know what I mean? I'm like, you're the old guy. I'm like, oh, well, you just cute. I'm going to die at the end of this episode probably. I'll be like, oh, there's just a pile of dust. And all we have is dust and big jokes. What's going on? Gobel's gone. Well, and he protested first, but you know. So what else is new? So that's the thing. Uh, your your perspective, your your point of view of that is is interesting because it's like what you're saying is instead of let's say okay somebody goes up there and they just totally mess their whole setup and they're just all over the place and they're bombing. Right. You know, you want to go there to help them 
right. rather than saying do don't ever get arrested. Exactly. Well, and seeing there's also this, seeing that falls into politics too as well because the the people that want the gigs, the paid gigs, they're limited gigs. There's a there's a finite number of paid gigs, and your sorry ass is in their way. So if you come back. There's almost an agenda to you're make you not come back. Yeah, okay. Because you're a stranger, you're an outsider, this is my club, I come here every week, I deserve to be the next. And it's like, well, you know what, if you really knew your material as well as you think you know your material, you might get work. But the problem is, you're so busy worrying about what other people are doing and how their reactions are, you're not even in your game. Mm. And you watch more guys, I've seen more sabotage. And for a while, I quit going to clubs because the, because the politics got to be... It that's, wasn't about who was funny. It was about who who see, was in charge. Yeah. I, I tend to, to come at it from a, a little bit different perspective because I am a greedy capitalist. <laughs> I, and that works. <laughs> I, know, I know that if there's a comic that is trying to get out there and get paid gigs, if I don't help him get better, he's going to show up with his half-assed approach right. to comedy. And it's right. going to ruin it. And it's going to ruin it because right. they're going to get, well, we, we hired a comic and he sucked right and so we're never going to hire another comic right. well then he's killing an opportunity for for future work right so i want to i want to do everything i can to help everybody get better yeah so that when they get in front of a paying gig that guy's happy enough that he's going to pay somebody else to come in and do another yeah. gig. Right. and so don't I, mean, I, I want to help you be good enough so that i have a chance to get paid because I am that greedy capitalist yeah. and I make hey, no bones about better. that yeah yeah okay Look at his head! <laughs> Look at his lips! <laughs>